Namaste, motherfuckers, and welcome to Tantric Conversation, episode number 69. 69, we'll leave that alone. Dana Walters. Uh, Dana Walters, good friend of mine. I knew her when she was Dana Sanders. We met back in the 90s, but uh, kind of lost touch for many years, like a decade, I guess, and maybe two. And then uh, we've just recently run into each other and struck up a friendship again. And we have a lot more in common than we did even back in the day. And um, it's been really cool. And um, Dana is a yoga instructor, and she is part of the nonprofit Project Yoga Richmond. I believe I got that correct. And, um, and not just a yoga instructor, but somebody who, for whom yoga is a spiritual practice and a uh, discipline and uh, philosophy and um, we compare notes on how we see that and um, you know I'm, I'm interested in yoga even though I don't I don't I mean I am currently practicing the physical kind of yoga the poses the asanas um, I'm also interested in the concept of yoga as something you do on a sort of a ritual level you just do to produce a Gnostic change, you know, and it doesn't have to be stretching and holding poses and standing on your head. It, um, it could be doing a podcast. It could be having a conversation. It could be gardening. It could be uh, surfing. You know, all of these things, we, we tend to call them, I think, you know, one of the pop culture things is to say it's there's a Zen to it. It's kind of the same thing to me. Um, the idea that you engage in something... And you just keep engaging in it, you know, not with the expectation that you're supposed to know why it's good for you or how it's going to be good for you. You just let it tell you by doing it. And you sort of trust in some kind of a transformation that occurs from doing this thing over and over again. And I have a lot of things like that in my life. And it's a relatively new concept to me, maybe six years old, that I should just, that I should just do something. You know, and then look in the rearview mirror and say, wow, that has produced a change. And generally, almost always, actually, I can't think of any instance where it isn't. It's a positive change. And this change is, you know, it's, it, I was reading today about it, like, how, how is yoga defined online? And, you know, one of the things, it's, you know, anything engaged in with the goal of liberation. And um, what is meant by liberation, you know, it's... It's not transcendence per se, it is just being free from certain things. And, um, you know, one of the things I'm engaged in is about sort of getting freedom from the bondage of self. And, you know, the emphasis is on bondage of self, not self. There's nothing wrong with self. You can have an ego, you know, you can have a sense of who you are and a sense of yourself as a distinct individual, but you should not be owned and controlled and imprisoned by that sense it should be flexible you know it should be something that or ideally there's no should to it but i have experienced the um benefits of being flexible about my sense of self and not being bound to it you know and being able to sometimes flow with things and sometimes turn around and look at assumptions i've made and say it's possible that that is not a skillful way of looking at that situation it's not right or wrong it's just like that's not working you know so let me try something else that might work better um so 
yoga for me is it is a physical practice but it's also a way of looking at things that I'm always willing to turn something around and look at it from the other side because I'm ultimately interested in being comfortable you know not not comfortable like comfortably wealthy but not at in pain and not at odds with my surroundings and that is the thing I've gotten out of doing physical yoga is that you know if I can just get into some position that's uncomfortable and, and hold it for a while and breathe and relax and, and just say, hey, you know, this is ultimately good for me. Um, the more I do that, the more I, I find myself doing that when I'm stuck in traffic and somebody is, I'm having an interaction with somebody that I am starting to get upset about. I can stop and breathe and take it easy and, you know, and that works a lot of times. The more often I am practicing physical yoga and I'm practicing other kinds of it, the more often that choice is available to me not to just suddenly react. And I think that to me is the goal of any spiritual discipline is that you're not behaving as a reactive animal, you know, fight or flight. You know, you kick a dog and it'll either turn tail and run or it'll turn around and bite you. And we have it in us to behave like that. We also have it in us to transcend that. And these things lead to transcending those animal things and learning how to use them the way they're you know maybe not the way they're meant to be used even better than how they're meant to be used so um we have a great conversation danny and i about that sort of thing and uh why don't we go ahead and listen to that hi dana hi curtis how are you i'm great today good and you just rode your bike up to churchill your new bike i did yeah it was a nice ride it was a lovely ride. My bike and I are getting to know each other mm-hmm. because it's a new purchase, mm-hmm. and um, I'm turning over new leaves. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. What are the other leaves? So is this leaf I will extrapolate is about riding a bike places instead of driving? Yes, and engaging in physical activity other than things that I'm accustomed to doing a lot of. Such lately. as yoga? Yes, such as yoga. Is, and is yoga your number one? Um, it is. Physical activity? It's my number one everything activity right now and tell so you know you and you and you and i have catching up recently you've told me that you're uh involved with project yoga source is that correct did you start project do i have this right project yoga richmond richmond okay yes. you're doing like a hybrid of yoga. there's another one yes called, okay. which is which is fine okay that happens a lot correct so. me straighten me out so tell me about project yoga richmond and all that well it's a non-profit um it started um, almost five years ago. It was actually November of 2010. So we're, we're heading toward our fifth anniversary. Um, a bunch of yoga teachers and students came together sometime summer to fall of 2010 and just had this idea to do something a little bit different um, and to come together for service through yoga. So mm-hmm. The original idea has evolved somewhat, but but um, but we've we the mission has stayed pretty clear, and um, we are a donation based studio. Mm-hmm. We offer um, classes that are open to everyone at the studio, and what money we raise at the studio is used, and through donations and other sources, grants and so forth, is used to fund yoga programs for people in need mm-hmm. that don't typically know about yoga, practice yoga, have the opportunity to study with a teacher, mm-hmm. go to a studio for various reasons, whether they're financial reasons or um, geographic reasons or mm-hmm. physical reasons or mm-hmm. 
mental reasons. There's numerous reasons why people right. typically like wouldn't like even it. think it's for them. Yeah, so different populations of people. Mm-hmm. It was just a way for people who practice, teach, and are interested in community service to give back in a really tangible way. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to provide something of value. So this was a very appealing idea to me very early on and um how long has it been going on it'll be five years in november we'll celebrate our anniversary and when did you start getting involved in yoga prior to that i took my first class sometime around the spring of 1994 wow it's a long time ago yeah yeah so i celebrated i call it my 20 year yoga anniversary was this past year yeah and um it took a long time for me to like it Mm -hmm. i can't say that it was something that i adored. In mm-hmm. fact, I think when I took my first vinyasa class, right, which is the probably the most commonly practiced right. form of yoga, um, I got really frustrated and angry. And, um, you know, and it, today when I think about that now, well, I think, well, I hear people say all the time that they did a vinyasa class and it didn't come easily to them and they didn't like it and they either didn't go back or they come and go. And so now I can sort of remember like what that was like for yeah. me. And I, I looked around and all I saw were people moving this fluidly, you right. know, and just beautifully like in and out of poses. And I, you know, to bring my foot up just felt like I had a weight tied to it, mm-hmm. you know, and the breathing didn't make sense. And anyway, um, but you know, I, came and went, you know, out of it for a number of years. And then sometime in the mid 2000s, it kind of started to take root. Mm-hmm. And and was it purely a physical thing for you? And, and when did it stop being purely? Fi- I know. Okay, so it may, was it was it ever not a spiritual thing for you? Because we talk about the spiritual um, bypass and yeah, you and I have talked about that. I don't want you to define your, what you mean oh, by that in a little that's, bit. It's a but. great question. It's one of my favorite topics. Yeah. Um, so you know, I th- I've been thinking about this a lot lately, like a whole lot lately. And I think I used to say a lot that I came to yoga f- purely for the physical in the very beginning. Um, but I've always thought of myself as a seeker. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always. I mean, I can remember. I mean, it's just as far back as I can remember anything. I remember wondering about spirituality and just Mm -hmm. wondering about my place and, you know, feeling a little bit out of place perhaps. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the physical level, feeling awkward. I was never a very physical person, athletic Mm -hmm. person. I didn't dance. I didn't, you know, run. I wasn't, I didn't play sports or Mm -hmm. do anything physical. So a little bit of that sort of disconnectedness, Mm -hmm. I guess. Right, right. And just a feeling of being out of place, out of time. And I think maybe that initial resistance to yoga, the practice of yoga to me was was kind of like a wake up. It was like, okay, this is something that's kind of pushing your buttons and maybe it's pushing your buttons for a reason. Yeah. I think about that now. Did you have that awareness then, you think? I I don't know that I did, but I mean it'd be cool if you did. But, yeah, sure. But right. I mean it'd be great if I could be like, Oh yeah, I remember. But you it know, things like, were very different then for me. Right. So <laughs> based on the things that you and I have, have ta- been talking about recently that we have in common, that yeah. seems like something you may have developed a now an ability to articulate that may have been a notion, vague notion then. Yeah. And now you look back and go, Yeah, I see the value in that and I see what was going on there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but, it's um, true. I but so now. you weren't super conscious then, or maybe a little conscious that, you know, I need to be challenged this way and the frustration is a good 
thing. It's actually a yes, but yeah. the egoic mind right. that like I I have, and I would assume many people <laughs> have right. and deal with in their lives. Um, and that's it's a natural part of who we are. But yet it's to be dealt with, I guess, mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form, accepted or worked through. You know, the egoic tamed. mind, tamed. Yeah. You know, just whatever. And I think I think the egoic mind like was so strong for me at that time and in some ways, you know, continues to this day. But at that time, I wanted it to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do it well the first time. You know, who wants to be who wants to feel out of place even more so than they do when they walk in the door? Right. So, it, you know, it did. It took some time. And, um, you know, I used it for various reasons. I would use it to calm myself down. Mm -hmm. I would use it just to get some physical activity that wasn't very high impact and I've had joint problems most of my life mm-hmm. I have a little bit of hypermobility so my joints tend to be a little bit too lax mm-hmm. and um, so I have to work harder at strength mm-hmm. so that I can kind of hold it together right. literally hold it together yeah, and practice right so um you know and, and some of it's hereditary and so I you know I struggle with with pain and 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 going too deep and you know figuring out what that was all about and yeah. so that's been an interesting process of like learning what's what right action is for me on mm-hmm. the mat like how what's too much what's too little you know it struck me when when we we said physical mm-hmm. that there really isn't anything that's just physical or just mental mm-hmm. you know it's true. yeah it's we true. have a tendency to talk like that i mean really like reductionistly and, and assumptively. Yeah, I everybody like that. I don't that. like that. Yeah. yeah. And, when, and when everybody <laughs> says, oh, that's mental or this is physical or whatever, and the mental is physical, the physical is mental. You know, it's all, it really, literally, that's not a word play. That's a, a fact. Yes. You know, the mind is a physical thing. Thoughts sure. are physical things. Well, there's you know? levels to everything. Right. So in yoga, you know, in the sutras and, and in the Upanishads, it talks about um, these five bodies, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the physical body is really the way we f- experience the world first, right. right? We touch something, we know it's there. And then there's the energy level and then sure. there's the mental level and the level of but thought. And... that touching thing doesn't happen <laughs> without the mind. Right. You know what I mean? Because oh. you put your hand on something, but first you have to use your mind exactly. to tell your hand to do that and then you have to use your mind to feel the thing sure you know so there is no physical body without the physical brain in the body sure you know it's all always but that's the thing with yoga union is the idea of even unifying those concepts yeah you know experiencing things on all levels at all times and not making that that distinction right in the moment which just creates more separation right which is where we get the the egoic mind is that separation you know that being going around as if you were not like connected to others if you were not like others you know right and now you have the wisdom to say everybody gets frustrated when they start doing vinyasa but when sure. you first went in the room you were like i'm the only one yes you know? why are all these people floating effortlessly and, right. and i'm struggling and bursting into tears and sweating bullets and I, we've done we've done three poses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and i remember that so clearly now when i think about it and and i i'm very quick to tell people that it didn't I didn't love it. I didn't yeah. love it for a long time, but I did it anyway, like I said, because I, I got this sense, you know, on some level that this was this uh, this was calling to me. You know, I just had to listen and answer and, and, and follow that. And, um, and I've used it, like I said, for various reasons in my life. And I've had, um, you know, physical things that have happened that I've used it to recover from. I had a pretty serious head injury in 2007. 
Um, oh, really? Yeah. What happened? I was ice skating. I'm not an ice skater, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I was ice skating. I was in New York. I was in Central Park, and um, I fell and hit my the right side of my head. Oh, wow. And I fractured my skull, and... Um, the they get contra coup so your brain jostles around mm-hmm. inside your skull and it basically hit you know injures itself it worse against, it hits up against and it's that right. that's even worse than against the initial this, hit against your skull it's right. the ricochet right. yeah the ricochet that's what a concussion is right yes yeah. yes and I got a really bad concussion out of that accident I did black out um, and I did have seizures and um, when I did go home from New York it was I, they had me in intensive care for a few days and um then they just sent me home and for two weeks I couldn't get my balance it wasn't even that I couldn't get my balance it was that the whole world felt like it was rocking like a boat right and so you know I had taken some classes you know been involved done some practice of my own and um I couldn't go to group classes because I couldn't get my balance Mm -hmm. And I couldn't follow along, and my cognitive functioning was a little bit depressed. Mm-hmm. So I could like understand the ex- instructions, but getting my body to work the way I wanted it to and to respond was a challenge. Yeah. So, um, so I would just, you know, and this is kind of before people did everything on the internet. But I, I went on um, a website and I downloaded these little free twenty-minute audio things where mm-hmm. you could just hear you know the voice the woman's very breathy voice uh-huh. you know walking you through a yeah walking a you through a yoga practice mm-hmm. and it was not a super challenging practice but it was you know you have to already know the yeah asanas for that exactly work, right? yeah i yeah. kind of had to know basically what i was being asked which was which was a good thing but um but i would just go into the little room at gold's gym when no one was in there and just put my little put my little um, headphones little headphones on my mm-hmm. little my little i'm making a gesture that no uh-huh. one can see yes <laughs> it's really great radio uh, audio yeah, there this is different He's for me gesturing to your arm i'm which touching is where my the... arm which is where the ipod would go okay yes i use that and um i'm so used to doing things to demonstrating fig- right. yeah because i'm a yoga teacher mm-hmm. and, now you're gonna have to paint the picture with... yeah i have to think visually mm-hmm. okay uh, anyway, so I'm in the little room and I'm taking the classes and, and my balance starts to come back. Not only that, but I get stronger and stronger and I eventually get to do things that I couldn't do before, mm-hmm. which was a new thing for me. And I'm like, oh, if you do it and you practice, it works. Yeah. <laughs> but you actually have to practice. Yeah. <laughs> so I figured that out. And then everybody and then, wants to walk in a virtuoso to everything. Who doesn't? Right. Like I said, I mean, this whole <laughs> shit with, I mean, we're surrounded by musical instruments right now. And like the idea is like how frustrating it is when you pick up a guitar the first time as if it's going to be like that forever. <laughs> right. But it's never going to be anything else if you don't fucking pick it up and try <laughs> yeah. to play it. Yes. You know, it's the practice. Yeah. It's the practice. Everything. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've gained yoga has given me the appreciation for the. For the word practice. Yeah. I had fucking none before, <laughs> you know, I got, you know, involved in the uh, secret society and got into uh, yoga. But like practice was a word that I was like, yeah, that I don't do that, you know, and, yeah, and, and, I, and it had no nuances to me. It was mm-hmm. just like the idea of you. It means being by yourself, doing something repetitive and boring. And I'm yes, like, no, where I re- no one's applauding for you. Right. And there's no nobody gives a crap. There's no feedback. There's <laughs> yes. no affirmation. There's no right. No. <laughs> Right. No approval. No one cares if you do a handstand. Right. No one cares. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, 
literally. <laughs> so there's, you know, since I've been paying attention and I have, I'll be candid, you know, I don't want to sound like some yogi here because I'm a lapsed yogi at the moment. I haven't been doing it, but, um, I, I got really into it for a while. And, um, first I was like, this is awesome because this is thousands of years old. It's this ancient art, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I think, and I started, I watched this documentary, my sister, suggested to me is called enlighten up have you ever seen that i don't know if i've seen that one well there's this woman named kate churchill who's a filmmaker and a, and a yogi and she decided to take somebody who had absolutely no interest in yoga whatsoever and do it and you spend a year with him going to getting involved in yoga and see if without the suggestiveness of thinking that it's going to be good for him yeah it I would just seen be good for him okay so, um, so they did that, but, and, and in the beginning of it, there's all of these people saying different claims about yoga, like how it's a hundred thousand years old or it's 50, <laughs> all of these things. And ultimately what it turned, you know, is Iyengar basically made, took asanas and made it into what we call yoga about 150 years ago or maybe a hundred years ago. I'm nodding pretty, my head. Yes. yes. Sorry again. Yes. The, it's a pretty Western. That's my understanding. Yes. It's a Western, a, a Western thing. But created by an Eastern yes. Person. Although I will say, sorry for interrupting you, Not but at I, all. I will be say a lot of that. <laughs> on my end or on your both end? ends. Oh, great! It's it's yeah. allowed. So, so this precious train of thought that I might get on, which is so rare because mm-hmm. of you know the thing I said I right. just went, went through injury. a few years ago, uh-huh. yeah, um, might get interrupted. That's great. Go okay, f- that's all right. I can oh, I can deal with it. Okay, I can well, deal we'll with put it. the kid gloves on since you're a mental patient. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding just hold up your hand yes, feel bad for me this will be gone forever if you don't yeah okay. no it's not true i just may come in and out of things that i want to say and then forget them which is okay but um there was a great exhibition in um dc uh about yoga it was called yoga and the art of transformation and mm-hmm. they actually had images that they had called from i don't know where but they found images of yogis practicing yoga the physical postures mm-hmm. A lot earlier than is commonly thought they were yeah. actually practiced. I mean, things beyond lotus pose, which is right. the one we think, okay, well, they sat and meditated. And they did. There are images of somebody in the lotus position from the Haryapa civilization in the Indus River Valley. Yes. It's not just Indian civilization. Yes. It's yeah. pretty clear that, in, that yoga has been practiced in lots of other cultures. Mm-hmm. It may not have been called yoga, but it was, right. it was, it's been done. The people that invented Sanskrit. Like before they were Indians, like before they were called Mm -hmm. that or even Hindu for Mm -hmm. that matter. There were some people that were living in the Indian subcontinent Mm -hmm. that, you know, invented cuneiform. I don't whatever. Go ahead. You were saying. (laughs) No, (laughs) but I guess I guess I'm just saying that, like, um, it's I think it's it's good to recognize that there are many schools of thought on when the physical practice of yoga actually evolved. Yeah. And then how magical and ancient it is. But then. Yes. And but you know so in the course of this documentary, the guy gets involved and in he's doing it for a while, and you know he's he's going in and out of cynical and frustrated and and like this is bullshit, you know, <laughs> kind of stuff. And um, there's some really awesome moments in it, you know, where they actually go to India and they're talking to like a guru and stuff. And he says something really cool in it. He's like, "So I might look at her and say beautiful, shining Katie, and you may look at her and say dirty Katie." She has made no change. It is all in your head, you know. 
And I was like, that's great. I like, you know, that's that's a thing to that, uh, you know, you can become aware of when you're open to this sort of thing that a, a thing isn't essentially a thing. It's how you perceive it. It's how you see it. Yes. And we're you know? always perceiving. And that's flexible. Yes. You know, and you don't have and to be you don't have to be attached to that. I mean, not being attached to that is not denying your you or yourself. It's recognizing there are many other options. Yes. To, uh, how to see. Yes. Something. One of my favorite yeah. teachers, Eric Schiffman, talks about um, how, oh, gosh, really yoga is the willingness to see the truth mm-hmm. of the moment. Mm-hmm. It's the willingness to clear clear the screen so that we're able to see what it is that's really happening mm-hmm. here right now. What is the truth of this moment? And then to be clear enough that we can see where our, as I've said before and I think previous conversations, um, where we're energizing our our current level right. of ignorance, of ignorance that right. that th- we can, and, and if we want to expand the uh, <laughs> the metaphor of phys- you know the the limb flexibility, mm-hmm. it is mental flexibility. So you are somewhat rigid in your joints and your muscles and your ligaments and all mm-hmm. of that, and you get into doing this, and you realize you're rigid in your perceptions. Sure, and yes. your perceptions can become flexible. Yes, you know, without you being. It, and it isn't that you deny one perception. It is that you're not you don't attach to that perception, and you are willing to see other, another way, another way, other There's, ways, and, all possibilities in the moment. And, and the truth is actually limited. a quilt of those things. I would you know, agree. You know, yeah, that's yeah. cool. I love that. And so the you know I'm going to tell you a little bit more about this movie because this has mm-hmm. you know sort of traced my in and out of, for lack of a better word, faith in the practice and yoga and all that. But the guy, so the guy, you know, he gets, he's Indian and he's doing yoga there. And then all of a sudden he's just like, I'm, I'm not, I'm dropping out. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, I want to go be with my mother in Colorado. And, um, hmm. and he does, but the sort of denouement of this thing is that she sort of follows up with him. And first of all, he had no consciousness, no awareness or no, didn't give a shit about his mother prior to doing yoga. He was just on being a New York guy. You know, like hanging out there, drinking, being about himself. Mm. And then and he suddenly was like, you know, my mother I, lives in Colorado. You know, Colorado is a wonderful place. I like to rock climb. I love my mother. I, God, I haven't really spent time with her. I haven't thought about her. So he decides to go there. And the end of the movie shows him rock climbing in Colorado. Mm. And he's, you know, trying to ride. And he slips and he falls you know, and not to his death. He's on a line or something like that. And then that's juxtaposed with Kate practicing yoga with a video camera set up and she tries to do a headstand and she falls, mm. you know. And the idea is that, hmm, you know, maybe the guy's not practicing yoga per se, but the idea of having this yoga that he does, a, a physical thing, a practice, you know, ha- he has been opened. It has changed him, you know. Sure, he a has possibility. A, right. It hasn't. He didn't remain committed to that specific, you know, practice. But he sure. still has a practice, you know. Sure. And um, same with her. Yeah. You know, she's still working on her practice, and you're still failing at it. That this is it. It's tr- you try, and then you fail, and you try again, and you fail, and all of the gift is in th- in that failing and it's trying that again. In so that- some nice existential wisdom there at the end. Yeah. I like that. That's nice. Yeah, and very very subtle. You should check mm-hmm. it out. It's on Netflix. Interesting. Okay. And then, um, and so then I also at that very same time heard about this book. I don't know if you, it's called Poser. 
Mm-mm. And uh, it was written by somebody who's like a contemporary of ours. Like she came up in the 90s and was like a grunge, you know, Portland, Oregon, Seattle kind of person. Mm. And then it's got, you know, became a writer, got married, started doing yoga. And she was just looking for the right teacher. And the whole book is chapters with pose names. But at one point in it, she says, you know, her, one of her instructors said, you just got to husband your gaze to the four corners of your mat. Stop looking at all these people all around you, you know, just do the thing in, the, in these four corners. You know, yeah. it's, that's where the practice is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Another thing that Eric says, sorry to just echo. No, no, echo I, well, look, if I, <laughs> if I need wisdom, I go to my teachers. Yeah. I mean, I didn't make any of this stuff up. And, you know, anything I say that I've learned for myself, I just learned from listening mm-hmm. either to my to the higher power or to my teachers, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. um, that's where it comes from. So if I if I try to say that any of this is my idea, you know, it's not. No, <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, if yoga practice ultimately should teach us to trust ourselves. Yeah. To to trust ourselves enough to listen mm-hmm. where we're being asked to go and then to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the willingness to do it, the right. willingness to, to move in that direction. So, look, if the guy said, you know, OK, Colorado's calling to me and he trusted mm-hmm. that and he went there and he's he's happy and he's trying something new. I, mm-hmm. I don't see there's anything wrong with that. Whether or not he like, gets on his mat every day, like you said, right? It's just all part of the grand spectrum of what those possibilities are out there. You know? Yeah, I and, mean, and we get very locked. And I, I, what I re- what I witness and what I see a lot, and 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 definitely have experienced myself, is that I can get very locked into one way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and that um, if I absolutely don't get from point A to point Z, you know, in the time frame that I think I should get there, you know, uh, well then, you know. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Right. You know, and I get can get very tied up about that. But the point know. is we claim spiritual progress. <laughs> right. Perfection. Right. It's all progress. <laughs> it's all progress. But, yes. the, yeah, you know, to be I've heard people say this kind of shit, you know, as, as far back as like when we met in the early 90s, you mm. know, and intellectually, I was perfectly felt like I perfectly grasped all yes. of this wonderful feel good speak of. You know, like, it's sounds the practice. Good. Yes, yes. <laughs> I get it. Meanwhile, glug, glug, hate on everything, you know. Right. Whatever. Uh, cynic, cynicism, anger. That's that's my yoga, you know. And um, until I did actually start doing these actions, like yes. try to get on a mat, there is something. You can't fucking think your way into any of this stuff. No, you, you can't. Know? You just have to feel your way into it, literally. Mm-hmm. Yoga is a break from thinking. It's right. a break from thinking, which is not a bad thing. You know, we put a lot of stock in thought and mm-hmm. thinking and ideas and, and conscious awareness and all that stuff and, like, you know, manifesting and, like, all that stuff. Uh, but yoga is just, like, it's just a, it's a felt experience. Mm-hmm. And we like to shut ourselves off from felt experiences. Well, if have... things are intense, we don't like that. Right. You know? And, and, and part of yoga is intense and yeah. it's painful and it's also getting comfortable yes. with that. And realizing this is not going to kill me, yeah. and this this pain, uh, while uncomfortable, is strengthening me. It yeah. is it, it is healing me, and all of these kinds of things. And that's that's the other thing that I gain an appreciation for is that I always want to th- use my brain to change my body, mm-hmm. you know, and to change all of these other things, and not having that appreciation for the system that it is. Yeah. That if you actually change the what you consider the body as separate from the mind. That does change because it's all a fucking one system. 
Sure. You know? So if you start doing things differently, like with your hands and your feet and your legs and all of that, that does change how your goddamn brain is functioning. Yes. You know? I was told to act as if. Yeah. Do it until. Exactly. (laughs) Half of what your brain does is move shit, right? Yeah. I mean, I saw this awesome TED talk that said the reason we have big brains is not to be geniuses. It's for dis- it's for movement. It's for intricate movement. It's for coordinated movement, like throwing a spear, making something tiny. You know, you look at a monkey, their fucking hands, they can barely, it's like they have palsy, you know. But humans can do all of these little things, you know. We can pick up a tiny, that the brain is really designed to coordinate all of those movements to be really efficient and intricate and and broad and like mm-hmm. to ride a horse and throw a spear and yeah. do all of that kind of shit and walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> and that when you're if you're working on movement like that, you're actually making the brain work better. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. it's you know well, yeah. There's neural pathways. That. I mean, right. there's neural pathways all through the body. So if I wiggle my right pinky toe, mm-hmm. you know. I mean that's a that's a huge effort if you mm-hmm. think about it from like a neural level, right. you know, like what it takes to make that happen. Mm-hmm. It's pretty intense. Yeah. So on a mat, you know, you're being asked to do, you know, ten or fifteen or twenty things at one time. Right. You know, like put your hands here, put your feet here, you know, like bring your head back, look, open your eyes, mm-hmm. breathe, yeah. you know, feel yeah. your belly, feel mm-hmm. your back, you know. It's like engage your core, mm-hmm. lift your pelvic floor. All these things are happening. You're like, ah <laughs> pelvic floor but is such great. a weird expression to me. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> no, I I just realized what you said, but it's what else were you gonna call it? Yeah. yeah. Lift your belly. Yeah, Tone, but your pelvic firm. floor and your belly are not the same thing, but that's a whole other conversation. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but this, you know, this this understanding that all of these different things you practice, and I do believe, you, you know, that, say, playing music, this mm-hmm. is a good practice for me like yoga is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching a Joseph Campbell thing recently, and he said, Alan Watts, do you know who he is? Yes. He, he asked me, Joe, what's your yoga? And I said, underlining you know but in that little moment i went well gosh there are lots of things that can be your yoga you know sure that the lifting weights can be if you're Mm -hmm. doing it that Mm -hmm. way you know and i you're really conscious of the movements and you're breathing and you're really in it and yeah you're in the now exactly as Mm -hmm. they say yes yeah yes 100 percent. right you're not Another one of my teachers says that how you are on your mat is how you are in your life, and mm-hmm. you alluded to that a little bit ago. Yeah. You know, that if I'm if I'm forcing things and tense and 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 very A to Z minded and um, on the mat, usually it means that I've been carrying that energy in my mm-hmm. body for some time, and it's this is the time to work it out. Yeah. This is the time to work literally work it out of my body, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully it clears a pathway for all the other levels, you know, that are interacting well, yeah, with I mean, each other. It's, I don't think, I really don't think I'm being like, like some kind of dreamy hippie. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I wouldn't talk about shit like this if it didn't have weight and I didn't have experience with oh, it. Oh, sure. You know, and my, well, everything sounds a certain way. It does until you fucking it, do it. Remember? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do it. But, you know, getting this, this idea of, um, you know, my, my, limbs teaching my brain Mm -hmm. to function better it's like you know in the same way that cardiovascular exercise strengthens the muscle of the heart Mm -hmm. the system of neurons dendrites axons all of that kind of stuff that stuff is getting strengthened by movement you know disciplined movement and then 
you do extrapolate that kind of thinking to your interactions with people. Sure, you're you know? creating new pathways, neural mm-hmm. pathways, physical mm-hmm. pathways in the body, neural pathways in the mind, ways, mm-hmm. new ways of being mm-hmm. on a physical level, on every level that we mentioned. Behavioral, you know. And behavioral, right? yes, absolutely. Because I, I will say I've obviously not ascended to levitating and sitting up on top of a mountain, but I am. it is miraculous that when shit is coming at me, I have this mechanism in my mind that I developed on the mat that says, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. hang on a second there. Yep. You know, what are you going to say? Are you energizing your current level of ignorance, <laughs> right, Curtis? Right. Do you really need to say that <laughs> yes. now? Like, do you need to act that way? Do you do you need to just open the fucking floodgates and get angry as shit? Do you need yes. to turn yourself into a victim? Do you need to get all resent? Like, yeah, I have- and there's nothing wrong with having feelings. It's not right. that you shouldn't feel something. It's that you should be honest about it so that you can react from the most honest perspective. Mm-hmm. And hopefully there's some respectfulness. You know, that that is a mistaken message that comes a lot is that people are thinking that I thought even that you're, you don't get angry. Yeah, that's where no. the spiritual bypass starts to come in. Like mm-hmm. we think that it's an inoculation against real human experience and feeling, oh, I practice yoga, so I don't I, I can't get I'm angry. I'm all chilled out now. Yeah, right. I could just everything's good. It's all good. You know, nothing bothers me. And it's like, well, you may feel like that after a yoga class, but really you should learn to trust what you're thinking and feeling and what's mm-hmm. what's coming at you not necessarily trust it but trust that there's a message there yeah. and what is the message you know and not pretend like you don't feel i'm 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 using the the you the you when i should be saying me but right. this is something that i've learned for myself is that mm-hmm. you know i i feel things yeah and it's okay mm-hmm. i can feel angry I can feel last night I got angry over the dumbest thing. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you about it. I was going to an event and in my mind, I wanted to get there at exactly this certain time mm-hmm. and a series of events and poor decisions on my part made that not happen. Mm-hmm. You would have thought <laughs> that the world was ending. <laughs> and there was a conspiracy to. And that, oh yes. And yes, the, the universe was against me and, oh, and I'm a bad person because I made a, you know, I made a, an error in judgment of how long dinner was going to take Mm -hmm. and the evil family that was in line in front of us had the had Mm -hmm. had the the balls to like not know what they wanted to order yeah yeah that kind of stuff like that's the stuff i'm talking about but the fact that i can sit here and talk about it and be like yeah there's nothing shameful about having that experience that's a very important (laughs) turn the shame thing you know like we got we we do that we're doing most of this shit to ourselves including totally. shaming ourselves yeah and it's you know it's about cultivating an internal environment that isn't like that that you don't then spill out into other people yeah. you know it's letting yourself off the fucking hook like yeah. when you get angry yeah. first you let those people off the hook that you just sure. got angry at. who have no right. clue that i'm angry right. at them anyway mm-hmm. they know. just They're dare just... to exist exactly in <laughs> space in front of you and yeah, this this because I get I can do yoga, get in my car, and get angry as fuck like in traffic immediately, mm-hmm. you know. And and the the thing that is the good part is that I then laugh at myself sure. for getting that angry and go, "Come on, man, what is this? So what's this anger about? Oh, that you're the center of the universe, that everything is supposed to just open in front of you like magically, <laughs> and you just glide through life. Yeah, no, we're all like you know on a collision course with each other. Yeah, and it, we have to be yielding <laughs> so that we don't get bruised. Yeah, you know when we we inevitably run into each other. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and again, I have to credit my teacher with that. My teacher Rolf t- told this great story during teacher training where 
you know, he, he sits, he sits in front of us and, and gives this incredible wisdom, just really like, um, tangible pieces of wisdom. But then he turns right around and, and talks about how he was a jerk to the guy, uh, who was waiting mm-hmm. on him at Starbucks. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's like, yeah, somehow standing in line for my coffee was, was a big deal. Right. You know? I had to wait a little bit, you know, and just that humility, mm-hmm. um, I just appreciate that. Yeah. I really, more and more, I appreciate that. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, like, yeah, sometimes I'm a jerk, you know? It's a fucking way more comfortable <laughs> place to exist is yeah. to, to be, you know, g- give yourself a break. Yeah. You know? And then when you're giving yourself a break, you start giving other people yeah. a break. Yeah. You know? And, but that was a thing that was like, and I, and I hear people that haven't, I mean, I'm so lucky. I was a big fuck up. So I was, willingness was thrust upon me. Humility <laughs> was thrust upon me. Like I say, you know, there are people who are born to humility and then there are others that have it thrust upon them. Like greatness, you know, I had no choice, but <laughs> I obviously fucked up, you know, and was doing a lot of fucked up shit. So I can really not delude myself that yeah. I had had it all figured out. And, um, you know, so I, I, I have that crack in the door, you know, light is getting through there. And I interact with people who don't have that crack in the door. And I remember that I used to think that what art was teaching me and what music was teaching me and all of the creative expressions and freedom and all of this was about being 100% whoever the fuck you were whenever you were fucking like that and everybody just deal with it, you know? Right. And that's being an authentic human being, right. you know? Yeah. No, that's being no. a child. Yes. You know? It's being completely subject to your ego and your will. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good it's a good point to make. You know, it doesn't not, mean that you can do anything you want and it's okay. Right. It also doesn't mean when you <laughs> start to develop some a pause mm-hmm. around that. And you start to develop some mastery yes. of skill, the skillfulness. Skillfulness. You, know? yes. you develop some skillfulness around your reactions to life. Mm-hmm. You have not ceased you have not become a Vulcan. You have not ceased to be, be human. Yes. You have actually become more human. Because an animal just does what it feels like doing in a moment. Yes, the reptilian brain. Yes, yes, yes. A human can say, I don't have to kill this person right now. (laughs) You know, I don't have to fuck this person right now. You know, I don't have to eat this. I don't have to drink this. I don't. I don't have to do any of this. I actually have choices. That's what a human is. Is someone with choices? You know, (laughs) like we're not. We're not slaves to our environments. We're not. We're not anything. Yes. You know, this is our great. The the big distinction. Yes, you and know. and and even like our free will, it's like, do are we? Am I making a free will choice to have a limited experience? You right, know, it's right. like, uh, oh, I'm 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 going to do this I'm because I choose. To this I'm ignorance. entitled to this. Yes, but then you're locked into that one way, <laughs> mm-hmm. then because you've now chosen, you know, versus stepping back and saying, okay, what are what are the opportunities here? And mm-hmm. and getting back to the yoga piece, um, did we ever leave it? We actually have. Well, right, but yeah, to the. The the this organized is organized. This well, is tantric I to- conversation. I totally agree. I totally <laughs> agree. You you you've not lost me there. But the yoga principles specifically, mm-hmm. you know, um, the very first one that's mentioned in the eight limbs is ahimsa, which is non harming. So mm-hmm. if I'm practicing yoga, am I going to bypass the very first word, the very right. first rule? So. What, when I rush are, into the room and get the best spot in the right. studio. <laughs> what are my choices? Exactly. What are my choices here? And what are the choices that are going to at least limit harm? You know, I mean, I may not completely, you know, I might step on a bug walking into the right. room. That's not my fault. But I mean, I'm going to do my best not to. <laughs> right. But there's very little you can do that doesn't cause suffering. Exactly. You can minimize it. You can minimize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can minimize the amount of suffering, which to me is a, a noble pursuit. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And to me, that's the magic of like 
I mean, if there's a buzz to be had in life, if there is something sort of spirit, you know, transcendent, spiritual, magical, all of that stuff, it is that that practice. You know, it is a very paradoxical thing that the most sort of you know transcendent thing I can do is engage really skillfully mm-hmm. in the mundane. Mm-hmm. You know, because that really does open up some amazing shit. You know, yeah. the world does seem to be a different place. Yeah, know? and the mundane is a great time to work on it. Right. Only, yeah. I mean, that's where I'm, you are most of the time. I'm very exactly. I'm, I'm, it's it's happening. I mean, well, the first word of the yoga sutras is now. Mm-hmm. The word now. Yeah. It happens right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now in line. It happens now. Sitting in this room. Mm-hmm. It happens on my bike. You know, it happens mm-hmm. all the time. Um, what I was going to say is something that just just left me. So go uh, on, and it'll come back. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't have anywhere to go. I'm really <laughs> I'm really. Yeah, I, I really appreciate this, and it's. I have this re- really strong desire to have others get, you know, be it, it develop this inquiry mm-hmm. into their existence. I mean, that's, I guess, ancillarily why I'm not. This is a lot of why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this really is a yoga of mine. Is to have sure. these conversations. I got to try I get to listen. That. You know, I get that yeah. To because re- I don't. I, I was not good at listening. You know, yeah. like waiting to talk is what i did you know mm-hmm. and it and like it, a big as as diff it is as difficult for me to quiet my mouth and quiet my mind and just listen to someone else tell me their story and not even try to finish a sentence or say oh i know what you're thinking and complete the thought just let the motherfucker talk yeah you know yeah and even and, then i'm being reminded like that like like even just my saying that you know that, that it is an interjection but what can I say? I get excited. No, and <laughs> when you, we get excited, right? We talk, and and, and that's and not an either or participate. thing. Yeah. Here. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this. It is about the balance. Like yeah. these conversations, I want my art is to make them as balanced as possible. Yeah. You know, I don't want them to be boring biographies where somebody's telling their story in some sanitized way, and it's all just talking points in an interview. I don't want it to be me just fucking talking the whole time and just making you listen to me because you're here. This is an excuse to run my mouth the whole time. <laughs> and they, they seesaw, you know, yeah. a little bit like that. It's but nice. if we can really get some good balance of both people giving and taking, you know, that's um, that to me, that's the yoga for going out into the world, you know, because sure. I got to get what I need. And so do you. Mm-hmm. And we can yield where that is interfering, you know. And then then perhaps we can even support the, you know, each of us. And if I do that with each person in my life, perhaps that will generate that kind of flow in, you know, um, sort of like the butterfly flapping its wings and creating a tsunami. Yeah. And look, I'm the first to say there's not enough opportunities for real connection. I mean, we, we have what we think is connection now where we can just spout out whatever thought is on our mind and just Mm -hmm. put it out there on the internet and, some people are going to agree and some people will completely ignore it. And some mm-hmm. people will say that's bullshit. And maybe mm-hmm. you get a little like click or a little heart mm-hmm. <laughs> affirmation, a little affirmation. Oh, I feel but so good in my reptilian is cortex. That, is that exactly? <laughs> oh, I feel so much oh, better the now. Up. Oh, well, let me have another one. How many did I get today? <laughs> Who didn't give me a thumbs up? Oh, is that now? Yeah, you yeah, didn't, now you I denied me pleasure. Me. You yeah. denied me affirmation. You denied my existence. But, but, but the, to get to your point, you know, giving someone your time and mm-hmm. your interest and mm-hmm. legitimately being interested in what they have to say, mm-hmm. what their story is, 
you know, maybe even without reading into the higher meaning of it all, but just just Impossible. that connection. We just don't have. <laughs> I know it's very hard. But you but, mean you're saying just in general, not necessarily this. It's very seldom people just really try to get together and yeah have a conversation. So this listen. is it's kind of like a nice little ode to that, which I appreciate. Right, and then yeah. when people listen to this, they get to just try it without risking anything. They can mm-hmm. just listen to two other people right. do it. You know, right. get vulnerable. That's another good one. Yeah. Don't be afraid to say something stupid. Just, you know, I mean, and I, I, I've get done with these things and I'm like, Oh God, I want to go in there and just edit that and take this shit yeah, out and no. make myself sound like I always know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> no edits, no do overs. No, no right. that's like a yoga class, man. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many dumb things I've said in mm-hmm. yoga class. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that made absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to do the right side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, I've, I've been yeah. a couple times I've woken up in the middle of the night, my eyes have like popped open and I've been like, we didn't do that whole thing on the left side. Oh, oh God. yeah. That would so make me bad. crazy. I'd be like that person. I'm like, I have a teacher. Yeah. My left side. Yeah. Or just like, uh, you know, I, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure it was that good, you know, or whatever. But then that's the ego, I guess. But yeah, I get yeah. that. Like, you don't get to edit. You can't edit a yoga practice. And, you know, we talk, <laughs> we talk about the the ego has so many different, you know, for me, like for many years it's had there's the idea of conceit. There's the idea of being egotistical. Like it's narcissism. It's all of these things. And more and more recently, I had a concept introduced to me, the idea that consciousness, real consciousness is a thing that we are picking up. Like Mm. it's a transmission, you know, that is a life transmit. Like, I mean, and it can make like scientific sense to think that if we all evolved from the same initial biological organism, Mm. then there, there could very reasonably be a connection and a flow of a certain kind of consciousness that's basically like it's the Internet, right? And then the individual computer that we are has an operating system, mm-hmm. and that's the ego. And the and the ego is your it Windows. It sort of filters everything yeah, and it, puts it, it in a meaningful the, order. It runs the machine, right. yeah. you know? Yeah. And it it can get too big for its britches. It sure. can forget that there's a greater operating system. Yes. That it's like, no, no, it's just about me eating and fucking and reproducing, <laughs> getting mine, my material, my stuff, me, 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 me. You know, and and it needs to be reminded and it needs to be trained back into its place, you know, as you do have a job to do, but you're not king. You know, you're <laughs> right. not in charge. There, what's There's another um, agenda yes. that has to do with all life, you know, and we'll start with just the little systems that you belong to, like at work or in your family and stuff. Yes. But it, it's ultimately like there is a there is a consciousness that's flowing through you that I know as my conscience that says you really shouldn't do that. You know, don't be an asshole to that person. Don't lie to that person. Don't take that. You know, even if it's a slurp of milk, you know, <laughs> like there's a part of me that's saying you are, that's not skillful. You know, it's not putting it in that language. It's just saying, uh, no, don't act like that. Yeah. But if I'm not, if, if all I'm doing is to worrying about the operating system that's running this machine, it just says, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck. I, do what I want. I take what I want, you yeah. know? And I think that's the majority of what, it, leading out psychopaths, that's the majority of the evil that's done in this world. As yes. a person having no, not listening to the conscience, only listening to the me, I, me, my right. thing, you know? Right. But yes, yes, and I don't judge them. Not right. I, I recognize that that is a tendency that I have just as much as anyone else. Sure. However, which is compassion, which is compassion, but it also makes me very grateful 
that that I at this age that I'm at, whatever age that is, you know, currently it's presently it's 41, but mm-hmm. but at whatever age I learned it mm-hmm. or I'm learning it and mm-hmm. I'm willing to continue to be open to learning it. But you're still cultivating that skillful yes. way of thinking. Oh, every single second of every <laughs> right. single day. It's not day about judgment. It actually is actually it. conversely <laughs> yeah. not about judgment. It is about acceptance. Yeah. You know, the more that I realize that this is a shared human trait that I share with people whose actions I do not agree with. Right. You know, I can stop myself from being tyrannical first, and then I'm much more able to connect with them and perhaps bring them out of that, you know, set a different example, whatever. Say, hey, you're being, um, not even to point the finger, not even to say, hey, you're being Mm -hmm. any kind of way, more like, hey, watch this, you know, try this, you know. Right. Like set a different example, live a different attraction, not promotion. That's one of our. Yes, and try to be, yes, try to be. Live the life that you know you could live. If you knew mm-hmm. better, what life would you live? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the life that I try to live mm-hmm. most of the time. I come in and out of skillfulness with that. It's I practice. think most of the time I, I do an okay job. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps, all right keeps me, me in pretty good standing. So, yeah, I mean, look, I was going to say too. Again, it's still on the mat. You're not comparing yourself to anybody. Oh, yeah, else. no. On the mat, off the mat. I don't know. I. I put le- I put less and less stock in, in the physical these days because I, I am in a sort of an inquiry self-study phase mm-hmm. that's in more of a greater sense than the physical, although, you know, you, you don't stop practicing, I guess, but, you know, or you practice in other ways. Um, but what I was going to say is um, it's so funny how we were talking about the day-to-day, the mundane, and that's that's where the work is done. Typically, I'm the kind of person who can, is really good at accepting big things that happen, mm-hmm. you know, death, you know, yeah. f- financial illness, hiccups, illness mm-hmm. and loss and things mm-hmm. like that. But it is. It's those little minuscule things that I think should be in my control but aren't really in my mm-hmm. control. But yet they seem so manageable. Right. 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 And, but then there's so many of them. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm trying to manage every little detail. So the thing I've learned to do most lately is relax. Can we talk more explicitly about the uh, thing that we have in common, you know, in the, uh, what regard, the, like, you know, the, that secret society thing, like, um, I don't know how, the prin- how secret it'll be, but yeah. Well, the principles <laughs> of like, we're not, I guess, you know, this counts as the level of, Press, radio, and film, I think. Sure. Right? So neither one of us are any kind of authorities on this. That is true. Right? But we have an experience with the principles that have been laid out in um, the 12-step programs. They're just good guidelines for living. They are. Yes. So I wanted to have a a conversation. I mean, you and I have had experience where that that shit has opened doors to doing things. Most certainly. Yes. And it's not a restrictive thing. In any way, it's not a uh, you've got to be a Christian. You've got to be this, you know. No, it's not. It's just it, it'll it actually for me, it freed me up to be having this kind of a conversation with you right now rather than. Yeah, you know. I th- here's why I think it works really well early on. It's cognitive. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear the things that we need to hear. And it gives us some some guideposts, right? Like some some ideas Mm -hmm. that might be different from what we've been operating on, Mm -hmm. you know, um, until we're able to physically do otherwise, you know, like do Mm -hmm. something different. I am grateful for that, for those Mm -hmm. principles and Mm -hmm. for that. And, and I'll never, I'll never turn on them and I'll never say anything negative about it. I'm aware for me that there is a physical component that has to be present as Mm -hmm. well. 
because I'm a multi-dimensional being like anyone else. Sure, sure. But for me, that's why yoga is so important. Yeah. Um, but that's part of the as you understand it clause. Sure, you sure, know? sure, sure. And my understanding is is that it's on multi-level. That's it's my physical. spiritual practice. Sure, but yeah. it, it says find something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't say do this. It says find something exactly. that works for you, you know. And, and, and for some people, the yoga is coffee. The yoga is setting up chairs. Sure. The cof- The yoga is, you Shaking know. Shaking people's hands and giving out numbers and yes. taking numbers. And, and goddamn listening calls. in those there. No matter how you disagree with some crazy shit somebody's saying. Yeah. yeah. To just med- it, that's part of the meditation yeah. that is called for is to, sh- you know, shut up about your agenda while you're in there and listen to somebody other stuff that's going on. Sure. The sickest fucking person in there can teach me something. You know, the craziest person, you know? Yeah, you bet. But, I, you know, I've recently, somebody posted this article on Facebook and said, it's a crock. It's time we accepted that. It only works for this percentage of people, mm. blah, blah, blah. And this fucking fallacy, it's like saying we should shut down all the gyms because they don't work to get everybody skinny. You have to fucking go in there and work out, you know, like you have to keep doing it. You have to diet and you have to exercise. Then you might lose some weight. Well, it's fair. But joining a gym and walking in the door is not going to get anybody muscles or skinny. Yeah, it's fear and lack of understanding of most things that keeps us from doing things that are could probably be good for us. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's absurd. I mean, for anybody to say based on that analogy, any sort of like. A statistic to say something mm-hmm. doesn't work. We have tons of shit like you can say that about that people put a lot of credence in. Sure, you know the American uh, Western medicine mm-hmm. for that. You know, if you do- go to the doctor and he tells you to lose weight and to stop eating so much fatty foods and to reduce your salt intake, or you're going to have a heart attack, and you don't do any of those things, <laughs> and then you have a heart attack, yeah, are you going to say this doctor's a crock? Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, it gets me so. Like, this is part of my spiritual practice to let people be however they want to be about that. And, you know, it's just a shame to me that there are people who could benefit from that shit that would listen to that, you know. That is but, probably true. But. But that's not, you know. It's not up to my, me. It's not up to me. It's right. not up to me. And um, I'm just grateful that it exists and that that I have been able to witness transformation mm-hmm. such that it can also have transformed me, which it did and does. Yeah, so I'm grateful. And here's some of me taking my own <laughs> advice is that I get upset about that. I yeah. get angry about that. Yeah, I see that. And, it's okay. And I can now say that's not skillful. And <laughs> like the four corners of the mat apply to the four corners of that room. Sure. And that chair. And that's my chair and I earned it. <laughs> I, I paid for it. And it doesn't matter if anybody sitting next to me, the next chair over, the next mat over gets what i'm getting out of it that's their practice you know that's them practicing these principles or not in their affairs and so i've learned to catch myself now and realize listen to you curtis you're being very adamant and angry about this and it's like that's no that's not skillful yeah you know yeah but you know what that feels like in your body too Mm -hmm. you know i mean you probably know what what self-righteousness yeah. or anger the or, or things should be this way. <laughs> yeah. and, and yes, how you can like t- go on that trip, you know, mm-hmm. and it's quite a trip and it can take you far, um, far off the path maybe, or far onto or a path. Or you can unplug you, from it. Yeah. Or you can unplug for, from it. Mm-hmm. Or you can just say, look, Oh wow. I was on that trip for a little bit. Okay. Let me yeah. just take a little, take a breather here and just 
Yeah. There is a demonstration yeah. of what we're talking about. It's putting it in the practice. Exactly. That's right. Let's take a deep breath. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll say too, I can say this because I, I am a yoga teacher. Um, and that another thing that I, I try to practice a lot that I don't is remembering to breathe. You mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. so I several times a day I'll catch myself. Take a deep breath, Dana. You'll feel much better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and the, and and the physiological reasons for that that I understand are if you're in short, rapid breathing, that's mm-hmm. engaging your fight or flight yes. thing. That's telling you and yes. your body saying, "Oh, we got to get out of here." Yes, you know, sympathetic or, or we nervous gotta, system. Yeah, yep. we got to fight. Yes, and then if you you're literally sending a telegram to yep. your nervous system when you take a deep breath. Yes. No, no, we're not in danger. It's cool. You can go back to what you were doing. Just going, yes, and yeah. it's the vagus nerve, vagus mm-hmm. nerve, and, and it's sometimes referred to as the wanderer. So it wanders throughout oh. the body, and it and it it, manif- it it manages all of your systems. All your systematic functioning improves when you take those deep breaths. Huh. And it, they say, they say, I don't know who they are, but right. I heard somewhere in my meanderings in my in my study that um, that it only takes three conscious deep breaths to actually start to experience some of those benefits i mean one is a great step sure why not but you know if you can take three conscious deep breaths that it actually Mm -hmm. does begin to have a physiological effect that will calm you down or that will just help things to start to move and work a little bit better than maybe they were 10 Mm -hmm. seconds ago yeah yeah it's very interesting that's funny there's this band called poporatic that i ended up downloading their record because mm-hmm. some of their music was in a movie i liked mm-hmm. and their album is called vegas the wandering nerve Ooh. and i just thought what the fuck is that dumbass album <laughs> name all now i know there you go now it's not so dumb to me yeah yes my aunt has a um a massage and reiki and all different kinds of stuff oh, wow. thing that she does called minding the body hmm. and um i think that's what it's called yeah and yesterday, um, and she's kind of a card too. And, and yesterday, we I walked into this thing, and she asked me some question, and I said, "Um," and she went, "Um," and like <laughs> you know, and like laughingly said that. And I'm like, "That's the mantra right there, not um, um." <laughs> yeah, yeah. More often than not, I default to um and um. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. If I'm not thinking about it, consciously attending to it, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's, uh, that is a better, um, uh, being unsure is a better place to be than being completely convinced. Definitely. You know, definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and when I get into a lockdown phase, I can't possibly learn anything. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no learning happening. That's right. You know, there's, there's very little living actually happening when I'm locked down, but you know, when I'm able to relax a little bit and a little bit of trust, you know, then, okay, then I'm like a little bit more fluid and okay. So Mm -hmm. then that channel you were talking about, right. That I can, Mm -hmm. I can actually pull in some of that, Mm -hmm. you know, some of that, that wisdom and that Mm -hmm. knowledge and, and actually uh, hopefully make a, the Kundalini. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It comes the other way. Yeah. Kundalini goes up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, but, but it's that channel that's opening. It's the channel and the Kundalini goes up and it extends upward. So yeah, it's, it's connecting to that bigger energy. God damn it! I had something I wanted to say right there. And I lost my train gone of thought. Uh, forever. But it's it, you know that. Um, oh, <laughs> beginner's mind. Yes, That's, beginner's right? mind. Yes. That I believe. I mean, you're you're 41 years old. You look great. You know, you look like a inspired, happy, engaged person, and that's a lot of what youth is. You know, and I think beginner's mind, that openness, that receptiveness, that flexibility, that will keep you. 
younger and vital and i'm not just you know the the vi- the physical appearance of beauty that comes from a vital living you know i appreciate that and, yeah yeah and, and i agree in mm. some ways that's why s- i look so fucking on good some days 45 <laughs> <laughs> In some ways, on some days, I feel very much younger now than I did Mm -hmm. when I was, say, 21. And I think it's because I've been able to regain some of that childlike Mm -hmm. beginners, you know, figuring it all out kind of mind Mm -hmm. that was kind of flogged out of me through... Family choices, notions of experience, mm-hmm. things I thought I was learning that I wasn't learning, unskillful patterns of being, mm-hmm. people I was hanging around with. Mm-hmm. I mean, all kinds of things that that kill, you know, that sort of kill that childlike right. instinct. They shut and now down I the inquiry, like shut down the energy. Yeah. I mean, that seems to make very practical sense to me that if you're engaged, if you're excited, if you're questioning, you're wondering, um, is your mantra, you know, <laughs> that your your body is being told there is life to be lived. Stay alive. Keep repairing. Yes. Keep, keep going. Let's go let's, for a bike ride. Yeah, there's a point to it, you know, <laughs> right. you know, and it's not that you need to just keep a job at Walmart. It's like, you know, so you can stay engaged. It's like stay engaged in all, all kinds of levels. Be interested in keeping the organism alive you know that's healthy living and spiritual living in in all of that you know that you're you're getting exercise that you're engaging that you're getting some sunlight that you eat the better better food Mm -hmm. for you um all of that i mean i think that's a i mean i that bob that's a birds or bob dylan lyric my back pages i was so much older than i'm younger than that now you know oh, that? that's beautiful. Yeah. I don't know that one. It's, yeah, it's, that's one of their. What's the name of the song? My Back Pages. My Back Pages. The Birds okay. Do It, Bob Dylan Does It. Oh, but I was so much older then. I'm younger than that now. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice notion. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, and that's literal. It's not a clever play on words. The eye can be younger. Sure. You know, than it was 20 years ago. And I know I was fucking old, old and done. You know, 20 years ago or 10 years ago, I really wasn't feeling that I was shutting down. I was getting very cynical and negative. Yes. Yeah. That's it's deadly. It Mm -hmm. is deadly. It's it's deadly on a physical level. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not good for us. It's certainly deadly to relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, to be that way. Um, Again, it's harmful. You know, and if if I'm trying to be a person who's practicing some sort of spiritual path and engaged in some spiritual self-study, which is the path that I'm on, um, I don't want to hurt people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be mm-hmm. a harmful person. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to create something of value. If you like yourself, and, you can like other people. Yeah. If you, if you really cherish and honor and nurture and all of that stuff, whoever the hell you are, the child and you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That that tends to be how you act towards other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, again, I'm a human being, so I get fearful, you know, I, mm-hmm. I get caught up in the moment and I, I'm not sure the right thing to say. And so I won't say anything. And then, oh, you know, I, I should have told her that that was a great idea and mm-hmm. that I appreciated her. Why didn't I say that? Mm-hmm. You know, when she had that idea. Well, yeah, you can amend that. Yeah, I know. I can always, you know, There's okay, plenty do, of second okay, chances. do more of that, you yes. know, do more of that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do now is, is, is be aware, you know, 
anti-head up assitis. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know. That is the greatest relief for a, a lot of discomfort is just pull your head out of your ass and yeah. pay attention to somebody else. Yeah. Just, I mean, when I was at my worst, I had a guy in my life who's my, you know, we call him sponsors, whatever you want to call it. A guy that is a lot like me that reminds me shit. You know, yeah. and he used to say, listen, why don't you shut the fuck up? Go over to this place, you know, get up on the porch, find a guy that is like looks like he's even worse off than you and ask him how he's doing. Shut the fuck up and listen to the answer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I needed to be talked to like that at that yeah. time. And I, and I really appreciate I consider it loving. I don't consider it, you yeah. know. Hard, brutal. tough love. Yeah. I heard it and I yeah. listened to it and I recorded it and I acted on it when he spoke to me like that, you know, and. And I got a lot of relief at my at my worst to go say, that guy is trembling and you can barely hold that cigarette straight in his mouth right there. He's not talking to anybody. He's all the way in the furthest corner of the porch. You know, he is manifesting something that I'm, I know how that feels, you know, and I can go over there and I can be the one person that's like talking to him and I no longer feel like I'm that guy. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, that channel has mm -hmm. been accessed. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I heard a really great talk um, recently. Oh, what was the name of the site? It was it was something someone shared. It was on SoundCloud and it's called it was called um, Authentic Education. And it was mm -hmm. a talk with an educator, storyteller um, named Michael Mead. And he talked about how, name. yeah, he's a contemporary of Jack Kornfield, you know, meditation guy. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, Jack Kornfield's been around a long time. Yeah, a long time. And Mead is like an educator, right? He works with kids and yeah. He he started a, a couple of different programs. Um, I want to say he's based in Seattle. I'm not 100 mm -hmm. percent sure that I just learned about him recently. But he was talking about how you know real teaching is is being in the flow and mm -hmm. just capturing enough of that flow mm -hmm. so that you can transmit it. Yeah. And so you can be in that You're moment. You're a conduit. You're not the a source. A conduit. Right. Yes. There's right. again, like I said, anything I say, I didn't come up with any of this right. stuff. It's either been from practicing or hearing what resonated and made sense to me mm -hmm. and then retransmitting it, transmitting it mm -hmm. um, when I remember to do so. Mm -hmm. That really is what a teacher <laughs> is. That's not that is not a reductive thing. That is yeah. actually a liberating thing. When you recognize your role is not an authority. It is you are particularly gifted, perhaps, in being a conduit. You yeah. know, you have a good. You you're a good channel. You know, but yeah. you're not the source. You're not the one that came up with this. You know, you're not. I mean, really, that is what it is to be a prophet. You know, it's it's like you're hearing. You're well, inspired. Prophet. I don't know. Well, but I, I get I'm what saying you're saying. That that's what a good. That's the really greatest what the, teachers were prophets because of that. Because they were because they were channels. Well, the prophets yeah. were nothing but teachers. Yeah. yeah, you know they were, or not that that's a lesser thing, but our we, the way we tend to aggrandize the notion of being a prophet, right? You know, and to and to make a cult of personality out of it I and see make what it celebrity. You're saying, yeah. It's everyone has access to the internet of mind <laughs> and can be a prophet for that greater consciousness, that awareness that we're all brothers and sisters. We're all one life on this planet. That's a very mm -hmm. practical fucking thing. That's not la la hippie bullshit. You know, <laughs> that's real. Again, know? everything sounds a certain way until you practice it. And until you feel actually it and get in the mosh pit and yes. live it. Yeah. yeah. You have to live it. It's way more actually hard ass than, you know, it's it's harder. It takes more courage. It's it's more but badass and going around being a traditional badass. Yeah. You know, it's because you're opening yourself up. So therefore, you're able to be you know, you can you have to work on the boundaries. So you're you know, your your permeability doesn't mean that you end up 
taking in too much. You yeah. Know? Well, look, to go along with the way things appear to be, you know, is the easy way. Mm-hmm. It's easy. There's yeah. nothing revolutionary about... It's the matrix you're plugged yeah, in. Yeah, exactly, being right? It's, yeah. it's a great revolution to see the truth and to, to try to go another way, mm-hmm. to try to go another way, and to, to, to feel into and to act into the way things really are. Mm-hmm. Which we have to be. I always feel like be careful about the use of the word "real" and how they really are. Yeah, because I I have absolutely there. That's humility too, is to recognize that I will never have more than a bug's eye view on this. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But the that awareness that I can't see what really is. Yeah, you know, it yeah. allows more of that to get in than when I become decided upon what is real and what isn't real. Mm-hmm. You know that. You know. Look, it doesn't help me to function in three-dimensional space to know that actually all of these are fluid particles whirling around each other at incredible speed. But when I do contemplate that, I, it helps me to be flexible in my thinking. Sure. You know, not to get hung up on if I, these objects. Yes, these objects, I have to interact with them according to the rules of physics, and they are here, but there's more to it than that. And then that can I can be that way with ideas, and I can be that way with interactions and jobs and all the other stuff that, you know, yeah. makes up the fabric of Yeah, existence. and like once you have a glimpse of that, it's kinda like you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw it. Mm-hmm. You you experienced it. You you got a sense, at least for a moment, whether you were meditating or practicing yoga or listening to someone and you got completely, you know, involved or taking in a heroic dose were... of psilocybin. <laughs> right. Terrence Maybe in another McKenna. lifetime, yeah. Curtis. <laughs> Not for me, Not, for Terrence McKenna. No. Um but yeah, but once you can't unsee it, you know, once you've experienced it, mm-hmm. it's almost like, um, you know, there's like a little frequency that you've tapped into. And, and, and now you have this new spectrum, this mm-hmm. new little frequency that you can get mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. if you choose, you know. Yeah, I consider that what it, that's what a spiritual awakening is about to me. It's not that suddenly you have, there's cl- the light shining down from the clouds that can follow you around like a spotlight. <laughs> it's that... You have another, there is another operating system that is filtering incoming information that has a completely different agenda than the one that you had before, which was totally selfish, you know, <laughs> at least for me, that's, right. that's, I have a different one then, <laughs> and I still have the selfish one, but I also have this other choice. I can put this other lens on it. You exactly. Know? But you until know? you've cleaned that screen, yeah. I, I've heard this metaphor of cleaning the windshield, right? If you drove mm. your entire life on a, on a right. dusty road and you never stopped to clean the windshield, I mean, you'd be missing so much, right. so much. So we yeah. have to have some practice. And you get conditioned to that's just what a windscreen windshield yeah. is like. Yeah. Like you think that you've got like this little dusty, little dust free little hole to look out of mm-hmm. or that everything has this haze over it. And then mm-hmm. you stop and you do this little practice or whatever. And all of a sudden your screen is clear. And it's like, okay, now I feel better. Mm-hmm. Now I can see that there's this whole thing laid out before me. And it's, it's, it's like a different set of, mm-hmm experiences than what I might have had before I did that practice. So that's why yoga meditation. Yeah. For and me. let's, let's wrap it up Sure. here with, have you ever heard before? And not that I want to end this cause I could do this for hours, yeah. but, um, inspiration literally means to in, take in the spirit mm-hmm. and sp- inspire is breathing. You know, it is to take in the breath and like at one time, that it was considered, you know, or the, the illusion or the invocation was, this is the breath of God, you know, to be inspired, to breathe this in the spirit, you know, breath and spirit, same thing, Yes, you know, 
And to take a deep breath is to take in the spirit, you know. And I don't mean the fucking Holy Spirit, you know. I don't necessarily well, mean knows? that. But if that works for you, I'm always so like having this like conversation with somebody that's not here that's asking me questions about Christianity. And I don't know why I do that. It's an interesting but, inquiry. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah, I have. Consider. Yeah, there's a, there's an intellectual um, debate going on in my head about that, and it's really it has no place. It's not an intellectual thing. It's a it's an experiential thing. It's a gnostic thing. It's a mystical mm-hmm. thing. But or and maybe not. But and however you want to access something greater than yourself, taking a deep breath is a great way to do it. It's a wonderful. It's way a great to do place it. to start. All right, thank you. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to say? For I I think that was a nice little wrap. That was, up. I know, but it was me that got to do it, so it feels very selfish. Would you like to take a deep breath right now? Let's do that. Take a deep breath in. Exhale it out. That was good. Good shit, man. Take another hit of that. Yeah, there you go. Good little chat about yoga and so on and so forth. I keep forgetting at the beginning of this podcast to tell you my name. My name is Curtis Payne, and I don't guess that really matters that much. Uh, it's not about me. You know, I struggle with that, as we talk about in there, the balance between it being about me and not being about me. Um, know that I know that it gets out of control sometimes, but I got these burning desires to talk about things and over and we get on the subject and then I'm rolling. But I'm uh, still working on that balance because I really want to know more about my guests than I uh, let on is how I seem to sometimes. So, um, hey guys, if you're enjoying Tantric Conversations, this is number 69 and um, 69 of them and it's a lot of entertainment and a lot of something on, on there for free. So uh, if you like it and you value it, you know, go by the page, tantricconversation.com. There is a donate tab, and you can make a PayPal donation, which would be greatly appreciated. Um, and practice the principle of Donna, which will give in. It's good for you. It's good for me. See, I'm giving. This is Donna. I'm giving to you guys. I'm sitting here on a Sunday when I could be out playing around in the sun or doing something else and I'm posting a podcast because I think you dig it. So tell me that you dig it. You can just tell me you dig it, but also money is cool. Because it just symbolizes something, you know? If you like it enough to give money for it, you must really like it, right? Oh, I feel sleazy talking like that. I never did like it when I would listen to other people's podcasts or even RNPR when they're asking for money. It gets really gross. I never... Maybe I need to turn around and practice Donna myself with NPR and other podcasts I listen to. I think I'll just do that now. Enjoy your... Whatever day this is that you're listening to. Enjoy it. And I'm out. Thank you.